What is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, joined by my co-host, Carrie. What's up? Uh, let's, uh, you know what? You you brought this to my attention. Uh, there's a lot of Activision Blizzard news this week. Um, suppose we'll take it in chronological order. Uh, so let's get right into it. One of my favorite things is when, like, CEOs do something that seems like a really meaningful gesture when in reality it's just an ass saving move because they yeah, don't want the board just, to, to fire them. Um, yeah. I remember Awada did this back in the day, like during the uh, Wii U doldrums. Um, he like took half his salary basically because of, uh, of the lack of success that Nintendo was having. Uh, well, Bobby Kotick has uh, published a letter to all of his employees in blizzard last week that said that uh, new changes are coming to the beleaguered, uh, game publisher, uh, including a new zero tolerance harassment policy, which is good. Uh, a big one waiving arbitration for sexual harassment and discrim- discrimination claims. That's actually a major uh, point. Yeah. There. Uh, but the one the, the kind of the most cynical thing is something that he did. I'm pretty sure just for the board of trustees, essentially, uh, where he has decided until this this plague affecting Activision Blizzard uh, has been resolved. He is cutting his overall compensation, his salary down to $62,500 a year, which is the minimum amount that he can be contractually paid uh, according to the parameters of the position uh, to quote, ensure that every available resource is being used in the service of becoming the industry leader in workplace excellence. First of all, major C Montgomery Burns, uh, correlation going on there. The first annual C Montgomery Burns award for achievement in the field of excellence. Uh, Mm -hmm. that that's all, that's all I'm hearing with that. Um, case you're wondering, uh, (laughs) Bobby Kotick took half his base pay last year. So his base pay last year was $1.75 million. Yeah. He already had have that. This year, I guess because mm-hmm. of COVID, I don't, I don't know why, to 875K. However, he was awarded $150 million in stock options yeah. previously to that. Mm-hmm. So his planned total compensation for the year yeah. is $154.6 million. Yeah, just him. Just, yeah. Just He'll him. be fine. He's he's gonna be just fine. I think he'll be okay. I think I th- like like this is basically like you know <laughs> like in Japan, you know how like when you work for the yakuza and you fuck up, like you have to like go before like the leader of like your boss and like <laughs> cut off your finger to show humility and apology. Yeah, Th- this this would be like like cutting a single hair from the top of your head to show it, how, yeah. how how humble you are if you're Bobby Kotick, essentially. Uh, yeah. I'm gl- I'm glad that they are uh, getting rid of uh, our forced arbitration, which is a major plague that lots of companies use to get around um, things like class action suits being brought against them, things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, but then someone else, I, I don't remember who it was on Twitter. I don't know if it was an employee. I think it might have been an employee of Activism Blizzard. Uh, in the wake of this news, it was like, well, if you're willing to go this far, uh, I suppose you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't doth protest 
if the employees decided to form a union, right? Like you'd be supportive <laughs> of that. Uh, hmm. since, since, right? since you're willing, since you're willing to do anything necessary uh, to make Axvision just the most excellent company on earth to work, uh, you should be supportive of employees unionizing then, huh? Like that seems like a great idea. <laughs> yeah. See? Yeah. Um, Kodak also said that five new changes are being implemented. Those being uh, a new zero tolerance harassment policy company wide, something they apparently didn't have in place before. <laughs> they, had, um, they had they had minimal tolerance harassment. <laughs> they 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 had a they had like a a smidge of as, tolerance. As, as long as long as you were in a leadership position, it was you fine, fine to harass people. Yeah, uh, they will increase the percentage of women and non-binary people in our workforce by fifty percent, and will invest two hundred and fifty million to accelerate opportunities for diverse talent. Cool. Um, based on feedback from employees, we are waiving required arbitration of sexual harassment and discrimination claims. Great. All companies should have this like forced arbitration is fucked up. Stop doing it. Um, Increase visibility on pay equity and we'll provide regular progress updates. So. Cool. But that's Thanks, not the Bobby. only Activision Blizzard news. Oh, it's hardly the only Activision <laughs> news because they had a shareholder call today. So. There's still some news coming out of that that we might not even get to, um, depending on how how late it breaks. So um, first off, uh, Blizzard co-leader Jen O'Neill told staff today that she is stepping down, leaving Mike Ibarra as the sole head of the company. Um, this was a very short run for her, given that they took over Blizzard leadership in August following the departure of J. Allen Brack who left in the wake of the initial lawsuit. Uh, in an email to staff, O'Neill says that she is leaving to, quote, dive deeper into the admirable causes of Women in Games International, which is a nonprofit de devoted to equality and diversity in gaming, and that Activision Blizzard will be giving a million-dollar grant to the organization. Hmm, a whole million dollars from Activision. Wow. Um, and the news means that in the wake of a widespread reckoning over now this is jason dreyer editorializing here but he's right the news means that in in the wake of a widespread reckoning over how its culture mistreated women blizzard has gone from having male and female co-leaders to again having one single male boss um which which to be fair to mike yabara uh, from from what news is there around him like he's seems like a good dude who is focused on doing the right thing. Like Mike Ibarra to our knowledge has not been caught up in any of this. No, my, my, Mike yeah. Ibarra, I, I don't, I don't mean to shade him at all, yeah. but it it is unfortunate that, you know, we're, we're back to where we started with just one dude in, in charge. Um, hopefully Blizzard, does some leadership shuffling in the wake of O'Neill choosing to leaving, uh, choosing to leave. So, um, I, so that I feel have like more female representation at the top. I feel like that's not a good indictment on how things are going, even like with the clean out so far. If like this person who got promoted into this incredibly high ranking position, and I would imagine had the a lot of sway 
Sure. To be able to at deliver. Less than three months later, she's just like, right. See yeah, had, like- had a lot of sway to be able to <laughs> deliver change at one of the biggest, most important companies or developers in the industry was just like, uh, deuces. Like if I'm actually going to advance, uh, the position of women in gaming, then uh, I need to go to this nonprofit instead of hanging out here at blizzard. So. Yeah. Um, so we'll see sort of what happens because of that. And, um, also do apparently directly in part to the various leadership shuffles that have happened at blizzard over the last several months both overwatch 2 and diablo 4 have now been delayed into 2023 um so for the dozens of people who are still sold on blizzard as a company um you're going to be waiting around for any new content from them, um, Schreier also reported that um, Ibarra said that both of these were delayed largely due to the changes in leadership. Overwatch's, Overwatch 2's executive producer left by choice, Diablo 4's director, was seemingly ousted after the misconduct lawsuit happened. So, yeah, um, in both of these cases, well, really more in Overwatch 2, I... I <laughs> I always thought Overwatch 2 was like really prematurely announced by Blizzard because they announced it when people were pissed off at them due to how they handled like all the Hong Kong stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they they did they did what Activision has always tended to do, which is whenever something bad happens, they're like, ooh, you see, you see this? He's shiny new thing. Oh, oh, do you do you forgive us? You wanna. Do you want to give us money for the shiny new thing that you're all excited about now? Um, so yeah, Overwatch 2 2023. I'll be surprised if too terribly many people are all that excited about it by the time it comes out. I mean, I think there'll be people that are excited about it, but it's just like there are certain times where losing high-ranking people on your team is not that big of a deal. Like if a game's in in its last kind of leg. Losing a director, losing an EP, like it's not not a huge yeah. problem. But with these games still like very much in the midst of development to the point that neither of them are even in an alpha state right now. Like that's that's going to change. Um, it's going to change the the parameters. Um, yeah. I I think both of these games, especially in the kind of the new age that we're in, with how a lot of companies are withholding announcements until they truly have something to show. Um, I think both were announced very prematurely. Um, and it's, it's funny too. Cause so like, I'm, I'm still very much following the, the, the development of Diablo four. And like, I, you know, I make sure to read like the quarterly updates when they release them because they've been pretty good about putting those out and the game appear like, like Diablo four appears further along than it, probably actually is and i think that's just because when they do present stuff they put their best foot forward like they make sure they're only showing off stuff that looks really polished because they don't want people to have a negative impression of the game uh most companies don't do that most companies don't really just show anything except for pre-rendered footage or you know things of that nature until we get at least to like an alpha position or maybe even beta position um but yeah blizzard a company that moves slowly anyway even more so 
uh, in the wake of massive scandal and turnover and upheaval and culture change and their parent company also dealing with it and this, that, or the other thing. Meanwhile, Vicarious Visions basically is not like it's just going to get folded into Blizzard, into Blizzard essentially. Yeah, um, sucks. I mean, it's I, I think it's good for them. Like, like I, I don't think it's a bad a bad thing for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's more talent uh, being folded into the Blizzard team gives them a little bit more flexibility. So that was another bit of Blizzard news that came out that was, uh, you know, a little more under the radar compared to these other things. So, yeah. But, yeah, quite a uh, quite a week. Uh, they, they kept it kind of quiet for for a little while. So we just got a, yeah, a fire hose. They, they kept news. it kind of quiet and then they had a shareholder meeting. <laughs> gotta, gotta love it. As when you shareholder meetings are the prime source of uh, spilling the tea. <laughs> as, 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 as the kids say in this day and age in the video game industry it's just kind of wild to me so yeah. also no blizzcon next year they're they're, they're gonna they're gonna rethink what oh yeah what blizzcon they, is, is supposed to be as an event before they uh before they bring it back really again don't sell don't celebrate when there's still this cloud and stigma hanging over uh hanging over the company's head so a lot of bullshit going on um speaking of bullshit skyward sword HD. Oh. <laughs> oh wow okay yeah so i picked up skyward sword hd because um a few weeks ago there was a sale on some big first party nintendo mm-hmm. titles so that I was already on sale it was on sale for like a weekend for like 40 bucks it was that on, and wait like, on, through the eShop though no oh okay it was through like target or amazon or something see i i I thought you were gonna tell me like nintendo discount i'm like if nintendo discounted no nintendo didn't discount it that means that retailers (laughs) yeah um i picked it up because it had been on my periphery for a minute and at 20 dollars off i figured why not um last week i traveled down to tennessee for a few days so i figured I'm going to buy this to play on the plane. And that's what I did. So it's not like I've gotten particularly far. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've played it only in handheld mode. Mm-hmm. Um, game looks good. Um, Is it fun to play though? Cause, cause the, the way that they describe the controls, it like, like it takes a minute to get yeah. used to. It is a little weird at first, but like once I sort of figured it out with the sword slashing mechanic, actually using the right, thumbstick to control the direction of the sword um once once that sort of clicked i was like cool okay like it's it plays just fine um so i'm hoping i can actually finish the game because i never finished skyward sword when it Mm -hmm. first came out 10 years ago i got like halfway through and basically i got pissed off at the control scheme so i you know i never finished it um, so I don't think Skyward Sword HD is going to be something I spend a ton of time with right now, simply because Shin Megami Tensei 5 comes out in like another week and Endwalker comes out for Final Fantasy 14 this month. So I've got plenty of other stuff going on, but, uh, yeah, I mean, plays just fine. I wouldn't have been mad if I had paid 60 for it. Um, but yeah. Skyward Sword. It's Skyward Sword, except now it's less janky to play. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing uh, much. Um, but mostly the shit that I've been playing is just stuff. Nothing new. Um, back on Slay the Spire because that game um, hooks me in. Uh, I've been playing Super Mega Baseball again because I have the itch okay. with the World Series going on. Race, racing my race cars around the racetrack. Um, 
all that good stuff. And speaking of the World Series, what a what a villainous postseason! Oh, it's it's we it's had. the it's the absolute worst. It's the absolute worst. There, no matter who wins, we all lose. In, in they're the, like there was there Series. literally wasn't really a single team that I really would have rooted for. Like maybe the Brewers, I would have been. But, it's, chill but instead, we got cheaters, cheaters versus racists. Was yeah, is, is the, that's uh, <laughs> it. <laughs> and I have to root for the racists to win because I don't want to see Houston win. I wouldn't think you'd want to see either because the Braves are a division rival. They for, are, for but the like between stuff. the two of them, I would rather see Atlanta. Um, I, I am, I am happy that Atlanta being in the World Series has raise the profile of the problematic nature of the chop as yeah as it's been. super fucking racist yeah it's pretty bad um so like i i enjoy the fact that a, a brighter light has been shown to that uh i have not enjoyed the predictable uh way that that has now been added into the newest you know liberal versus conservative political divide uh yeah. as and now the conservatives will embrace the chop fully um you know, as something that, you know, they think is not racist, despite the fact that there's probably not a single indigenous person uh, among them supporting that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, kind of wild. Um, I also did not realize that. Uh, so I read a story in Slate today. I did not realize that the chop is only 30 years old in terms mm -hmm. of the Braves using it. Like I thought yeah, like that they had been around came much up with it in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. Like no, like yeah. no idea. It's literally like it's literally been around the entire time that I've been watching baseball. I didn't realize that it was like a brand new thing when I started watching baseball. So I just thought yeah. it had been there forever, but not so much. Apparently no baseball no. fans less racist uh, back in the day. Not really, but <laughs> less, less, less racist towards indigenous people back. In yeah. The day. I mean, look, if, if the Cleveland Indians can get their shit together and get rid of chief Wahoo and like rename the team much as that has now, of course, come into its own swath of problems since there's like a roller derby, <laughs> a roller team, derby team suing them. For the can't, you, can't you give the roller derby team like just here's five million dollars. Like, just go away. Call right, yourself, here's call five yourself million dollars. Shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, you're your major league baseball. If Cleveland can get their shit together, surely Atlanta can get their shit together, but apparently not. Um, yeah, the whole postseason, I, I had no rooting interest whatsoever. I, I guess I would have sort of liked to see Tampa do a little better. I would I'm, like to see Tampa. I'm win. so out on MLB right now, just because, like, like I, I cannot think of a sport that has worked harder to alienate their fan base more than Major League Baseball. And that's saying sure. something because the NFL exists like 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 the, <laughs> like the yeah. NFL tries really hard to make people not enjoy watching the NFL. Major League Baseball is like, y yes, but with with older stodgy people that are going to make all the decisions that have no yeah. that, that aren't keyed in with today's culture at all. That's yeah, what we're gonna look, do. my team won the World Series um, and then COVID happened. So like that sucked. We had a shortened season last year and they were okay. And then they blew up the team at the trade deadline this year. So now it's like, yeah. cool. We got Juan Soto. He's, he's really good at baseball. That Juan Soto kid. He seems like he knows what he's doing. Um, outside of that. I'll, I'll never, I'll never, I'll never forget the exact moment in time. Not sorry. Sorry to bore everyone with the baseball talk. We went off on a, uh, no. off on a tangent. Um, I'll never forget the time that I knew that baseball is going to be in trouble 
There was like an interview. It was probably like 10 years ago on MLB Network uh, where Brian Kenny, uh, who is like a newer school guy, uh, was conducting an interview with Hawk Harrelson, who was a broadcaster for the Chicago White Sox and an old man. Uh, and his his colleague was Harold Reynolds, uh, who, despite not being an old man, feels like an old man and is <laughs> one of the one of the worst baseball analysts on the face of the planet. And Hawk Harrelson went on a tangent about analytics in baseball. Baseball, of course, being the first sport with like advanced statistics. Sabermetrics. Yep. Yeah. And uh, he like like basically like he was like yelling at Brian Kenny for Brian Kenny trying to explain how some of these advanced stats work and hark harrison's like i've got an advanced stat for you brian kenny it's called twtw do you know what that stands for the will to win that's what i want my players <laughs> is, is i went and runs like yeah hark harrison like you tell him i'm just like holy shit these are the people that are at the levers of power in this sport and yeah. it's not changing anytime soon no so that, that Look, that's yeah, that's that's all bad news all the way around. Look, I'll, I'll be I'll be right back there when the Orioles get good again. If the Orioles get good again, <laughs> who knows when that will be? Yeah. So. Um, look, if I if I could suffer through the 2008 2009 Washington Nationals, I can I can deal with anything. <laughs> I, I had I had to deal with Elijah Dukes and Lasting's Millage being like the heart of our lineup. I, you know, whatever bullshit the next few years have in st- have in store. I can I can deal with it. Yeah. It also helps that I have a that I have a ring. So yeah, that too. So that that's a nice balm. But anyway, here's something that I've spent more time paying attention to over the last few months uh, compared to baseball. Final Fantasy 14. Yeah, I'll and, say. Uh, I how, many, how many hours? The, how many hours are you in deep right now? I can now, tell Final you exactly. 270 hours. That's you know what? Honestly, it seems low. Like like I forget how long you've been playing, but that seems like a light amount of hours. I've been playing since June. Yeah, I feel like you could have done more. I, I probably like could have done more. <laughs> I'm probably I could have. Like you could have played more. Um. Yeah. I uh, just wanted to note that I have finished the Shadowbringers storyline, so I am ready for Endwalker. Um. I know that I am now wholly invested in the storyline of Final Fantasy XIV because I cried like a little baby at the end of the main Shadowbringers storyline. <laughs> I was not expecting to have that much of an emotion. And then Emmett Selk happened, and now I have an emotion about these characters in Final Fantasy XIV. So I'm ready for Endwalker. We're just a few short weeks away from that. And... um Ready, ready to play I, that. I, I wonder I wonder if Blizzard could piss off their fans enough to get Final Fantasy above World of Warcraft ever at some Ooh. point. I feel like that, I feel like there's a lofty a lofty ambition, but uh I feel like it's possible. If if Blizzard continues along the trajectory that they're currently going right now. Uh okay, so. like has, has Final Fantasy even released uh subscriber numbers recently? So I'm trying to see. So, as estimated, World of Warcraft is estimated to have like 116 million total players. Right, but that's but that, like those daily active, active players yeah. are. That's like one to two million. Okay. Um, I think Final Fantasy has. 
Final Fantasy total subscriber count is about 27 million, but has more like 3 million active players right now. 27 million subscriber, 27 million unique accounts. Subscriber count. That seems insane. That that seems insanely wrong. There, there's no way they have 27 million people playing $15 a month to pay Final Fantasy 14. This is just what that, Google is telling that me. Ha, that, so. ha, that, ha, that has to be lifetime accounts. It's Inclu- probably lifetime including accounts. For, including free-to-play accounts. As probably. Well. Okay. But yeah, two, two, about two, two and a half, three million daily players. Yeah, so I there don't, are I more don't, people currently. Right, but, but, you can play, people but you can play active. Final Fantasy for free. You can't play World you can. for free. Correct. Yeah. So, I'll, uh, but I, but I, I'd be curious to know paid subscribers. I don't even know if Blizzard would release that information right now, given given what's going on. Um, yeah. so that so with releases this week, this is a week where once again, uh, I am not keyed in to the video game mainstream at all because there's a new Call of Duty coming out this yeah. week, like literally mm-hmm. Friday. Yeah, no, I had no clue. Like 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 I was aware there was a new final a new Call of Duty game coming. I was only aware of it because Jack White debuted his new song through a commercial for <laughs> Call of Duty Vanguard, which seems incorrect <laughs> for me. <laughs> Jack White has always seemed a bit of a Luddite. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I am probably the biggest simp for Jack White that anyone listening will ever encounter in any sort of way in their life. I have a large Jack White-inspired tattoo on my forearm. And I was perplexed <laughs> when... It was like new Jack White song, and I was like, "Cool!" And like it was a trailer for Call of Duty. I'm not sure why you're perplexed. I'm sure they just threw him a giant bag of money. And were, I mean, and, here's yeah. the thing: some people were like, "Oh, well, what if his label made him do it?" And I'm like, "He is the label." Yeah, like they they probably threw him many monies, and they're like, "Here, they probably can we, gave him a large, has, like a cartoonishly large." Yeah, sack can, can of we have song for Call of Duty and- game? And he was like, "Yes, absolutely. I like monies." Yeah. I don't know. It seems out of character. Does it does it slap as the kids are prone to saying this? Song? It's fine. It's it doesn't I I thought it was it got better on subsequent listenings. My my initial impressions were that it was a very middle of the road, very standard Jack White's rock tune. Uh there's actually like a like an acoustic version, like a bluegrassy version of the song that they released, which I like much better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm surprised. I'm surprised the yeah. bluegrass version didn't make it into call of duty. That would seem like a natural fit. I don't even know what this call of duty is about. Honestly, I think I, if I recall correctly, I think it's back to world war two, but they are telling up. like stories through the eyes of like multiple different characters that were like, it in is the a cities. like world I don't war two. Yeah. Um, it's called Vanguard. The game establishes a storyline featuring the birth of the special forces to face an emerging threat at the end of the war hmm. during various theaters of World War II across the globe. 
Also, what's, it's going what's to the emerge, what's, Wait, what's the emerging threat at the end of World War II? The emerging threat is that America has a fucking devastating weapon. Yeah, it's, we have what? a nuclear bomb. That's <laughs> the, the call, threat. The call's coming from inside the house. So, I don't. that's funny. Uh, Look, so that's coming know. out. If you're into Call of Duty, uh, there's a new Call of Duty game coming out, which uh, apparently they're like anticipating down sales because Warzone uh, is very popular. So it's kind of, it's starting to cannibalize itself, which I find a little amusing. Um, as far it's as other what games, they deserve. it is what they deserve. Uh, a few other things coming out this week. Uh, First Class Trouble comes to PC and PlayStation. Uh, there's a new Fortnite thing coming wherever Fortnite is. Uh, Tunch, Tunche. Toonch <laughs> comes out on a uh, PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. I'm sure one of those was correct. Uh, Unpacking comes to Xbox, Switch, and PC. Uh, World War Z comes to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, Bloodshore comes to all systems, including mobile. Uh, Just Dance 2022 uh, comes to everything, notably not the Nintendo Wii. Uh, the Bising of Binding of Isaac Repentance comes to next-gen Xbox consoles. Uh, Where the Cards Fall comes to switch and PC. I have to check that out. There's cards in the title. It probably has to be good. Uh, the new animal crossing, new horizons DLC is coming out as well. And let's build a zoo comes sure. to the PC. Quick note on animal crossing. Yeah. Um, so the free, the free expansion, the free stuff that all comes out. The happy home paradise DLC, which is paid DLC comes out. Um, notably Nintendo has said, this is it. As far yeah. as DLC, some people were speculating that this might be the first of a few different paid DLCs. Nintendo came out and was just like, this is it. So hope you're ready to uh, flatten flatten out your island and rearrange everything. Folks. It's, it's kind of wild to me that they're not throwing more support behind Animal Crossing because like, I feel like they can make a shitload of money if they treated this almost like a live service game but not like a mm -hmm. live service game yeah but yeah, yeah um it's fine i'll go back to it i i gotta i haven't looked at my island since february so i have a lot of cleaning up to do i bet <laughs> i bet the weeds are out of control so um yeah if you want to talk about um oh wait i forgot we have PlayStation Plus games. Oh yeah, shit. You're right. I usually read them first and I totally PlayStation Plus games. Reverse order here, so. Uh if you have PlayStation Plus, you are going to be getting um it's Knockout a great, City. It's a great month. It's, it's a, a really month. good month. Yeah. Uh on PS4 and PS5, you get Knockout City, which is the dodgeball I've, I've game. Heard, I've heard it's online. actually quite good. I've heard it's very fun. Yeah. I will be downloading this. Um, yeah, if you want to play uh dodgeball online, Knockout City is free on PS5 and PS4. If you want to solve a murder mystery, first class trouble will be available on PS4 and PS5. Um that actually seems like the kind of game I will be um I would be into. Um and then uh Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning is available on uh ps4 for playstation plus users. here's the thing none of you have any excuse anymore no to not to not play one of the finest hidden gems of the last con let two of two console generations ago yeah of <laughs> 10 years ago yeah kingdoms of amalur is uh it's a good game 
and it's a locally developed game if you're one of our Maryland friends. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and presumably Kurt Schilling won't get any of your money, uh, especially not if you're playing it for free. Assuredly, so, if, if anything, it'll go to the state of Rhode Island and, and our friends <laughs> at THQ Nordic. Actually, I think it all goes to THQ because I'm pretty sure they paid Rhode Island to get the license I, to be able to republish yeah. the game. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, no excuses. Download Kingdoms of Amalur. Um, also, um, if you happen to have PSVR, you'll be getting the Persistence, uh, the Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, and Until You Fall all for free this month for the eight of you who have a PSVR out there. <laughs> On not not to be outdone uh, on the Xbox this month, you get <laughs> four games that deliver a total cost of seventy nine ninety six in value and thirty two hundred gamer score, which, which is the like... most important thing to know. Um, mm. Moving out is available on newer Xboxes for the entire month of November. Uh, then for the second half of the month, you get Deadlands, which is a game that I don't know anything about. Uh, apparently it is, oh no, sorry. It's called kingdom two crowns. Why does it say deadlands at the top? I don't know. That's so weird. The The image doesn't match the game. Uh, kingdom two crowns is like, it looks like it's a city building game that has like medieval, um, elements to it. Uh, and then the three sixty games are rocket Knight and Lego Batman two, a game wow. that was bundled in for free with, I have to imagine like 80% of Xbox three sixty consoles. Yeah. So, um, I feel like so I, congratulations I feel like once again to for free before. Yeah, I. It all I, runs together. Look, look, every month Sony does what they can to give us some cool shit. And every month Microsoft reaches in to the bargain bin at Walmart and sees what they come up with. <laughs> once, one, once a year, you get like a maybe twice a year, you get like a banger month from Games with Gold. Typically, it's not just, usually it's just though, bullshit. not yeah. these days. It's they're like, look, they're bullshit. like, look, we're giving, we're giving you guys all of our games for free on day one, or not for free, but you know, we're giving you guys yeah. all of our stuff for the subscription. Game service. Pass. So don't, don't expect anything more than that. Like, come on. So there you Honestly, go. Honestly, there you go. Uh, if you want to talk about the new games that you're playing, you can do that by joining us on Discord, and you can join the official. Dense Pixels Discord by going to densepixels.com slash fans, and uh, that'll take you right there. Uh, don't forget to also, you can see our beautiful pale faces this week that don't look quite as pale without Micah here um, at youtube.com slash densepixels, where you can subscribe for our uh, our content there. Sometimes we post game clips, but not usually. Uh, we mo- mostly just post the shows. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe to all of the TNP Studios podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. So that also includes the Nerdpocalypse, Black on Black Cinema, Coming Distractions, and the weekly preview episode of Look Forward. And if you want to be an extremely talented, attractive, hilarious, delightful human being, you can subscribe to TNP Premium. So you can go to densepixels.com slash premium. And that's $5 a month or save yourself some some 10 10 bucks spend that on a burrito bowl somewhere and just pay $50 get the whole year and that gives you all of our premium podcasts including the area of grievances no time to bleed the men with the golden tongues full episodes of the look forward political podcast and upstage conversation my musicals podcast which 
Jay and I will be recording a new episode of later this week. And I can't wait because we're doing the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which he fucking hates. <laughs> and not, not only that. Uh, look forward now available on video on YouTube, yes. which you can check out, including uh, if you're a premium member, you get the full episode of video and dense pixels listeners. You got a double dose of the men with the golden tongues last week because we finally posted our review of metal gear solid two, which is getting rave feedback from the community and Mike and I's spoiler review of the latest James Bond film. No time to die. So if you look in the premium feed, you can find all that goodness. And again, it's just $5 a month. Or $50 for the entire year. Uh, you know what you're not going to be able to pay for going forward? Uh, somewhat surprisingly. Uh, Wizards Unite. The Harry Potter augmented reality game uh, published by Pokemon Go maker Niantic. Because uh, yep. they have announced that they are shutting it down as of January 31st, 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game's been around since June of last year. Uh, uh, unfortunately, June of 2019, which I know feels like last yeah. year, but was two years ago. Oh, that you're right. It was two years ago. Uh, unfortunately for Niantic, uh, two things came into the uh, came into the world that probably hampered them a little bit. Uh, one was a global pandemic. Uh, yeah. And the other was the creator of Harry Potter exposing herself as a immense transphobe. Yeah. So. So. Um. I played a little bit of Wizards Unite, like right when it came out. Um, it helped that I was like, it helped that I was like at a convention, like the weekend that it dropped. So um, there were a lot of people playing it and it, it just didn't provide the same sort of experience to me that Pokemon Go did. Um, mm-hmm. So I very quickly uninstalled it. But um, yeah, it was apparently way more narrative focused and like actually told a bit of a story involving um Harry and Hermione and yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think that's the thing is that with, with games like this, like with Pokemon go, when you play Pokemon go, you're literally doing the thing they do in Pokemon. Like it, like it translates very nicely into the type of game they're making. Yeah. Um, Wizards unite does not do that. Now, Niantic also just released a Pikmin game uh, that's called Pikmin Bloom that's out there. Um, they're working on a Transformers game, which has <laughs> AR elements as well. So I don't yeah. know how that's going to work exactly. I guess Transformers could work because like there's cars that exist in the world yep. around you that could transform into robots in disguise. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, I passed when this game launched. I don't remember hearing anyone really talking about it. So I'm not too surprised. I am a little surprised that something Harry Potter related that wasn't a shitty licensed game couldn't find an audience. And I'm pretty sure that we might see the same thing befall the new, uh, the new Hogwarts game that's coming out. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't think that Hogwarts game is going to do particularly well. Cause I think a lot of people are, kind of done with Harry Potter at this point, myself included. You know, I, I grew up reading the books. Um, The first book came out when I was in elementary school and the last book came out, I guess when I was in high school. So it was very much like an adolescent joy for me to read these books as they were coming out. And um, I really liked them when they came out. And like, as I got a little older, even before all this stuff with JK Rowling came out, I remember being like, there's some like 
racist shit going on in these books, huh? <laughs> you got one Asian girl and her name is Cho Chang. Yeah, just like like it's I, I guess because the story was so compelling, like people just kind of gloss past the lazy tropes that yeah. she relied on and kind of winked at and nodded to. Yeah, and then like everything with J.K. Rowling came out and she's just an awful person and that sucks. Yeah. Um, so for me, I'm not about to like burn all my copies of Harry Potter or anything, but I'm content to put them in a box in my basement and let them live there until I die at this point, you know, <laughs> um, I'm not interested in consuming any new Harry Potter media. Um, I haven't seen any of these fantastic beasts films, which for all, uh, all impressions seem to indicate that they are okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, the only thing Harry Potter I've done within the last five years is I've been to a universal theme park and I have purchased butterbeer. And yes, it it was delicious. Um, but I think that's going to be the extent of my interaction with this franchise at this point. So if you are a fan of Wizards Unite, um, at, at least you will be provided with an ending to this storyline that you have been playing for the last couple of years. I think it's nice that Niantic is doing that. Um, they also instituted a number of gameplay changes, including increased rewards for daily assignments, um, decreased potion brew times, um, removing the daily cap on sending and opening gifts, um, increased experience for certain uh, potions and stuff like that. So, yeah, they're basically allowing like they're not turning on God mode, but they're making the game easier to play for the next couple of months until the story ends and the game shuts down in January. So it's the right way to end a game. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I've the few things they have had to end, they have not just, you know, cut and run on. So, which is, which is a good thing. Um, like some pretty good company feels or a pretty good developer. I should say Niantic. I don't know anything about how they are as a company, um, no, but they always seem to be trying to do right by their fans, which is yes. good. Uh, bad news uh, when it comes to Nintendo. Uh, they originally had anticipated being able to produce 30 million Nintendo Switch units by the end of fiscal year 2021, which is actually at the end of March of next year. Uh, but due to chip shortages, they will only be able to hit 24 million, which is a 20% uh, miss on their forecast. Uh, they said because of high demand of the console, and component shortages that their target will not be able to be hit. Uh, they are also a little sad about that because, of course, the new OLED model just released, and they would have liked to get that into more hands if possible. Uh, however, as of June of this past year, of this year, I should say, uh, Nintendo was up to 89 million Nintendo Switch units sold lifetime, which is a fucking insane lot. number uh it's going to exceed the wii next year yeah which absolutely. which is a i i honest to god i never thought i'd see a nintendo console outsell blow wii. past the wii's and and it will do it comfortably like it will it will do it without even blinking an eye which right. is which is wild to me yeah um while this sucks for anyone who's going to be trying to buy a switch, particularly in the lead up to the holidays, once again, this year, um, I appreciate the fact that Nintendo is being forthcoming about how many, 
they are able to produce, how quickly, and why that is. Um, so if you don't already have a switch, um, good luck getting one between yeah. now and the holidays. Um, but, um, yeah, otherwise, uh, this doesn't come as a surprise. Uh, chip shortages are impacting numerous types of tech industry. You yeah. Know. Like App- Apple's even apparently slashing iPad production just to make sure that iPhone production doesn't, doesn't lag behind because of chip shortages. So like that's yeah. every, every company is dealing with it right now. Um, we're probably going to see the same thing with PlayStation Xbox. Apparently Sony is going to be uh, air freighting PlayStation's <laughs> places to just get them in people's hands as yeah, fast as possible just so they can sell as many as they can. So uh, these companies are losing a shitload of money, which, you know, they can afford it, but uh, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it sucks for consumers still too. Yeah. Uh, finally, perhaps one of the best headlines uh, that you'll ever see in the, in the news, uh, Bowser forced to pay Nintendo a $4.5 million fine and spent up to 10 years in prison. Nintendo has finally gotten <laughs> Bowser. Nintendo has defeated Bowser. They yes, have defeated and- Bowser. Uh, not Bowser. Bowser. And not uh, not Doug Bowser. Not, 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 not Doug not, Bowser. Not, not we by, like Doug not, Bowser. Not President of Nintendo of America, Doug Bowser. Uh, no, this is 51-year-old Gary Bowser of Canada, who is a hacker. Uh who basically has been like public one of pub, you know Nintendo's most wanted uh for many years cuz he used to be on a hacking team uh called Team Executor uh which was a company that designed and sold mod chips to let you play pirated games uh yeah. on Nintendo consoles. Uh they had been going after him for quite a long time. Uh he finally has pled guilty to multiple charges levied against him. Again, he must pay $4.5 million fine. Uh, no word on if that's Canadian or American, hopefully for his sake, Canadian and, mm-hmm. uh, and could also spend up to 10 years in prison. Yeah. Nintendo does not fuck around for, for those that, uh, no, they, they really this. don't. Um, yeah. So, his uh his guilty plea agreement includes the acknowledgement that he developed, manufactured, marketed, and sold a variety of circumvention devices that allowed their customers to play pirated versions of copyrighted video games. Um, so basically, these people developed ways for you to hack your system or chips um, that you could put in your system to allow you to play ROMs on your Nintendo system. Um, circumventing the need to purchase video games which is uh illegal <laughs> not i'm not here to talk about what's moral and what's what's not but it is certainly illegal um yeah uh things escalated last october when the united states government issued federal charges oh, so, against so it is so it is 4.5 million u.s yeah that's like that's like 20 million canadians yeah <laughs> <laughs> The exchange rate to those maple bucks are is uh, not good right now, but uh, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of loonies and toonies that he's going to have to <laughs> dig into his pockets and find. It's a lot of it's a lot fucking, of timbits he's going to have to come Gary up with. Bowser, Bowser, Bowser's shitty dumb brother. Uh, yeah. Well, here's the thing: Bowser was arrested and deported to the United States after being found in the Dominican Republic. <laughs> 
Um, Look, other I, I, team. If you're going to flee, like go to a non-extradition country. Like Switzerland, yeah. Switzerland's right there. So uh, the other team executor members being uh, Max Loarn, a 48-year-old French national, and Yuan Ning Chen from China. Uh, Loarn was arrested in Canada and the United States is currently seeking his extradition. And Chen is still at large. Like, imagine what kind of life did you have to live to where you have to flee the country to avoid being arrested for having made pirated video games. It's a big business. A lot of, I, lot of money, especially Nintendo. Nintendo does not fuck around. They're like, no. we won't even discount our first party games. You think we're going to let hackers run amok <laughs> on us? Like, get the fuck out of here. And, and, like, yeah. like Doug, Doug Bowser would have flown down to the DR himself to get Gary Bowser. <laughs> So you're giving us Bowser's a bad name. Ba- Bowser versus Bowser. Fucking idiot. <laughs> so. So if you want to legitimately purchase your Nintendo video game uh, cartridges, you can do so by going to densepixels.com slash Amazon. Uh, look, we really want to send, we really want to spend, send that man back to space. And uh, the only way we can do it is if you continue to give, Amazon, your money. Um, <laughs> the only way we're going to get rid of him is by stranding him in space. And you have to keep giving him your money. But if you're going to continue to give Amazon your money, you can do so in a way that also benefits us because they they skim just like 3% of that fat off the top and they give it to us. And we say thank you for the pocket change. So you go to densepixels.com slash Amazon. You shop as normal. It's your typical mediocre Amazon shopping experience. And then you check out and you feel a little bad because no one really wants to support Amazon anymore. But we live in a capitalistic society and we don't really have much of a choice. But uh, if you're going to continue to suffer under capitalism, do it at densepixels.com slash Amazon and help us out. That would be awesome. You know what else is awesome? When you submit your questions in the Dense Pixels post office, which you can do at densepixels.com slash fans on Discord, where we turn to Daniel, who says, what are some silly things that you've done in a video game that you're glad nobody saw? Now, Daniel gives the example of playing Mass Effect and exploring the Perthian bunker, getting all the way to the end where the river run starts and realizing that you left your Mako, your car, at the very beginning um th- this speaks to me because i am notorious for in open world games forgetting that fast travel is a thing that exists for the first <laughs> few hours of the game i'll never forget making the long trek across the wastes in fallout 3 when i first started playing it not realizing that i could just pull up my pit boy and with two button presses, be teleported to the destination that I plan on going. Instead, I walked for 20 minutes trying, <laughs> trying to get to where I needed to. And I said, holy shit, this game feels slow. No, it's not. I'm just an idiot. So I I, I, I do that all the time. Uh, I guess credit to them for immersing me in the world so much that I'm just like, I have to walk. But yeah, I, I, have, I forget fast travel exists more often than I care to admit in video games. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Like, 
I I I sometimes also forget fast travel exists. Um I've also also been like playing Skyrim and just like absentmindedly run off the side of a cliff, killed myself <laughs> from fall damage, <laughs> fallen into a hole because I stopped looking where I'm going necessarily. I've killed a lot of horses in Skyrim by running them off the side of cliffs. Sorry to all of my horses. Rest in power. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he also adds uh, a question for you. He started Jojo um, three episodes in. Can't tell if the dialogue is purposefully ridiculous or if it's a stylistic choice or a bad dub. So it's interesting because I've watched all of Jojo that's available to watch, but I watched it subbed. Um, and recently um, got real intoxicated one evening and I decided I want to watch Jojo dubbed. So I've also watched like the first handful of episodes of the first season of Jojo dubbed. It is a ridiculous dub, but let me assure you that all of the dialogue is purposefully that way. Um, It's not a bad dub. The Jojo dub is by all means um, wonderful, actually, and very much stays true to the heart of what Jojo's is. But um, yeah, Jojo's is ridiculous. So if you're going to be watching Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, um, understand that that's what you're signing up for. Yeah. Uh, Johnny asks thoughts on keeping money matches in the FGC. Uh, Beef has always settled on a first 10 with big money, sometimes up to $10,000, uh, where the audience is a glorified savage lands, lots of hype, fun stuff. However, esports trying to get rid of it for being glorified gambling and making for a very toxic environment. Uh, the picture he posts has two gentlemen, uh, squaring up, you know, mean mugging each other face to face in what I presume would be a big money match. Uh, I have to tell you, the shorter white gentleman in this picture uh, looks like someone that I would not want to fuck with because uh, that dude <laughs> looks like a potential serial killer in this image yeah. with the facial expression that he's making. Um, I unfortunately think that if well, it, it depends on what the FGC wants, if they want to be a legitimate competition organization, then you have to get rid of that shit because yeah. that, that that's like, fuck that, that's, that's like NBA player. That'd be like an NBA player fucking going out and playing street ball for money. Like, 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 like it's completely stupid. Um, cause you make millions of dollars and obviously not, you know, fighting game players don't make millions of dollars a year. But if you, if you want to be taken seriously, that's the kind of shit you kind of have to get out of your industry. Um, otherwise it's, it's going to always feel like small potatoes. And, and like you said, it, it, it is a toxic environment. Uh, the, the audience and the fans watching these matches don't do anything, um, to add to diffusing of tempers, I'm pretty sure. And you also run the risk of having a situation where someone bites off a little more than they can chew and you have an incident that happens as a result of. Of, of this kind of stuff. So I, I don't feel like it's a good idea to keep it in your industry considering how the fighting industry is moving forward. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are around this. I'd be curious to know what Micah thinks, but I, like I said, I don't think it's a good thing. Uh, no, I don't really have anything else to add. Um, I think you, you nailed it. Um, I don't think it's, it, it does nothing to create the kind of 
inclusive environment that mm-hmm. so many esports leagues claim that they want to have. So very true. Uh, Cam, speaking of speaking of non inclusive environments, Cam asks uh, if you two were hired. I'm kidding. I love Cam, we, <laughs> even though he gets so much shit on this network. Uh, if you two were hired as consultants for a new James Bond game, how would you go about it? Base it off an existing movie or book, and what kind of game would you like it to be? Um, I I think that going original story for a James Bond video game is generally the best way to go. Um, there haven't been too many good Bond video games that have been based off of Bond movies. Goldeneye, you know, notwithstanding. Um, but what kind of game would you like to be? I don't know. See, the, the problem with James Bond, like I I would be curious actually to see someone do a bond game. And this is why I'm very excited for IO interaction or IO interactives upcoming bond game is that I doing a bond game. That's a legitimate like stealth game um, is, is very intriguing to me because we've yet to see it. The closest we've come is third, a third person cover shooter, which is what quantum solace was, which was not a bad game, but you know, it wasn't a great game either. It was pretty boilerplate, pretty by the numbers. So I, I will be very curious to see what IO can pull out of their hat in a couple of years and see what they can do with the James Bond license. Um, I, I I have the feeling that their game is going to be one of the better James Bond games that exists, which is not a high bar to clear by any stretch of the imagination. But no, I, I, I think they're going to redefine what we think of James Bond games as being. Hopefully, hopefully I'm trying not I'm trying not to get too excited about this game that we've seen literally nothing for yet. So <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Hitman, but make it James Bond. Like, I, th- I think it's got to be a little more than that, but yes, essentially. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't want you to just put James Bond in Hitman. I don't think that works, but I think using some of the, some of the style of that yeah. game would work well. So I don't really know what I would base it on. I uh, would probably just ask for another remake of GoldenEye personally. <laughs> yeah. The, the first person one that Activision came out with was not it. I will tell you that. So, mm. That's for sure. Uh, Casa asks the most recent game that caught you off guard for better or worse. Uh, have there been any over which you've changed positions multiple times? They also say uh, that I took the wrong impression from their critique of inscription last week. Uh, they said they went from impressed to reluctant to even more impressed. And I keep hearing really good things about inscription. So now I'm probably going to have to go buy inscription and play it. I would say paradise killers. The most recent game that caught me off guard uh, for better um, because I went into it not really expecting too terribly much and um, I ended it with it rocketing to absolutely one of the favorite recent games that I've played over the last few years Um, there have been a couple of games that I that I like definitely sort of flip-flopped on Um, I mean this is years ago but When Sword of Mana came out for the Game Boy Advance, I remember bought, like being excited about it because I had like read about it in mm-hmm. Nintendo Power, and I picked it up and I didn't really like it at first. Um, then like I played a little bit more of it and I liked it a little more, and then like I finished the one storyline and I was like, no, it was only okay. And then I played the other storyline and I was like, okay, no, this is good. So, yeah. That's that's probably the first thing that comes to mind for me about like changing my opinion on a game as I'm actively playing it. Yeah. 
there's there's a lot of games that I've played where I have to kind of get over the hump in a lot of ways. Okay. Like there's a lot of games that do that. Um, Shovel Knight was one for me that didn't gel with me right away. But once I really get once I got into it, I really got into it. Um, trying to think what else kind of kind of my whole immersion to the sim racing space has been a bit of a surprise as well. Um, I wasn't expecting to get into it as much as I did. Like I really just picked up Gran Turismo. Um, again on a lark just to spend some time racing some race cars because i was watching f1 and i'm just like holy shit this is really fun um and then again super mega baseball will want to be one of the all-time examples here's this just like very unassuming very you know approachable arcade baseball game and i've put in 160 hours into it over the past year and a half basically oops which is insane yeah. Uh, so that 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 one definitely caught me off guard a little bit. And I can't tell you how relieving it is for me as being someone who used to be a sim sports gamer kind of getting into a sports game that straddles the line between the two, not okay. because of the approachable gameplay, which is a huge benefit, but because of the lack of pressure of needing to buy a new iteration of a game every single fucking year because they've changed some small insignificant like and and when you're really into it like you can't not buy it like that's that's the problem like when you really when you're really a fan like you you're gonna spend that 60 dollars and you're not getting very much in return like fifa was the worst because even though they changed the game up the most like when you play ultimate team, you're literally paying EA $50 or $60 for the privilege of pressing the reset button on your ultimate team and starting from scratch again, which sounds like masochism. And it is uh, in, in very much state or form. So having this one baseball game that like, we're not going to see super mega baseball for, for probably at least another year or two. And then when that comes out, that'll be out for, you know, four or five years before the next one. So like, it's, it's cool not having to worry about buying a new game and just being able to play like multiple seasons within that game and, and kind of exploring it more. Um, we finish back to cam who, once he learned Carrie was going to be on the show, uh, basically made a similar follow-up question to the bond question. However, uh, he's flipping the script. Now you're making a movie, Carrie, you are making a live action Pokemon movie that is shot in a similar vein to Detective Pikachu, uh, what region would you set it in? Is the trainer Ash or somebody new? And would you follow a previous Pokemon storyline or try something original? Here's what I would like to see. Um, I wouldn't want to follow Ash. I would want to follow Giovanni. And I would want to see... Giovanni as a young trainer leading into the creation of Team Rocket and why and what his motivations are for doing that. The the Joker version of Pokemon. I want to see, yeah, you know, I want to see, I want a good, I want my villain origin story with Giovanni. Um, I think Giovanni's always sort of been this um, enigma in the Pokemon world at large. Like we know he's the leader of Team Rocket um, and he has such a presence in Gen 2, even though he isn't there, Team Rocket is still trying to carry on without him and is still trying to get him to come back. Um, so like what like what kind of charisma did this guy really have to inspire Team Rocket to behave in the way that they do? Um, 
So yeah, give give me like my Pokemon mob film starring Giovanni. <laughs> Does the movie end with like a riot in like like the like the Kanto region, and then like somewhere like Ash's parents get gets murdered, and he like vows revenge. No, <laughs> no, I I think I think I think the film would probably have to end with the creation of Mewtwo. Mm-hmm. So, yep, G- that's Gary, what I got. Gary, Gary Oak gets his ice cream stolen from him, and it causes him to become a pet <laughs> to an asshole. Like, like is that it's like, is that is that, yeah, the, is that the stinger? Because like, I don't know that you would want to really do like a mainline Pokemon game one to one adaptation because it's like cool. You go get eight badges and collect them all and whatnot. Um, Plus, like, they they already did a really fun adaptation of the games with, it was, like, Pokemon Origins, like, the the animated shorts that they did a few years ago. Mm. Those are really good. If you haven't watched those, those are really, really good. And those feature some of the best choreographed Pokemon fights I've ever seen in Pokemon animation. But, yeah, if, if, I'm, doing, if I'm doing live action, like, a Pokemon-related story, um, that's, that's what I'm going to go with. Give, give me Giovanni. Well, I got to tell you. Mm-hmm. If you're on YouTube, you should absolutely go to youtube.com slash dense pixels. Subscribe to this channel. Ring the bell icon so you're always notified whenever a new video posts. Go to densepixels.com slash fans. Join our Discord. That way you can ask post office questions. You can talk to the Dense Pixels community who are an awesome group of folks. Good times going on in the Dense Pixels Discord. Uh, you can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Do you, do you use Apple Podcasts? You can do it there. Do you use Google Podcasts? We're there too. Do you use Pocket Casts as I do? The greatest podcast app that's ever made. We're oh. there as well. Literally anywhere that you get your podcast. Spotify. We're on Spotify. Yeah. We're on Spotify. We're there. You can subscribe and you should. And while you're there, subscribe to the other shows in the TNP Studios network because they're all awesome and you should listen to all of them and they're a lot of fun. And uh, while you're on the internet, as Mike is prone to saying, <laughs> Head on over to twitch.tv. Subscribe to a few accounts. Follow, if, not I mean, you can subscribe to Carrie if you want to, but, yeah, but you're, you, you can. Yeah. But you can follow a couple channels and you should. Uh, Carrie is up. It's Carrie. Uh, I am Dense Pixels Brad. Terrence is Apparition 410. And there's a Dense Pixels channel that oh. you should follow as well for reasons that will become clear in a future episode. Ah. So uh, especially make sure that you're following me because all this month I will be sprinkling in streams for extra life uh, as I am an adult with not enough free time. So I don't really have a single weekend this month where I can be like, yeah, I'm going to stream like 12 hours all at once. No, I can't do that. Um, I'm too busy all the time. So instead, I'm going to be doing little streams throughout the month. I'm going to play some Paradise Killer. I'm going to play some Monster Hunter. I'm going to play some Fallout. We'll see what happens. Uh, I might even play Golden Sun. Who knows? Uh, Yeah. Uh, All money raised will go directly to the Johns Hopkins Children's Center, uh, as all of my extra life streams have over the years. I'm even going to have raffle prizes for every $10 US you donate, because I know I have friends in Canada who are listening to this. 10 American real money bucks that you donate. You'll be entered to win lovely little prize, which includes the grand prize, which is the soundtrack 
to Link's Awakening for the Game Boy on vinyl. It's very cool. I still I, I need I need, to, cool. I need to I need to I need to I need to go over to your page and throw some money. You at sure you. do. Yeah. Uh, I contribute every year. So. Yes. As as you should listening out there. What is your and, What is your goal this year? How close are you? Uh, my goal is five hundo, and depending on how much I raise, that might get raised. Um, and I have one hundred and forty six real money bucks so cool. far. So please be sure to donate. I'll be pulling raffle winners on December 1st. So you have until then to donate. And um, another news related to why I'm so fucking busy all the time. The Baltimore Gamer Symphony Orchestra will be uh, doing our Made in Maryland production. And Despite the fact that we are being prohibited from holding a live intro concert, we're doing it anyway, but online. So we're going to record. It's going to premiere online December 11th. Please mark that on your calendar. 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's going to be really cool. Made in Maryland. We're going to be playing the title theme from Kingdoms of Amalur. So that'll be really fun. Very cool. Probably some civilization uh, some- stuff. We're doing some Civ. Yeah. We're doing some Fallout. We're doing some XCOM. We're doing yeah. some Elder Scrolls. We're doing some local indies, which is actually really cool because the local indie people are like they arrange stuff specifically for us to perform. So we will be the first people to perform it, which is really cool. And uh, yeah, head to facebook.com slash Baltimore GSO for more info on that. And, it's, a neat, it's a neat concept for a, uh, yeah. for a concert. So. Very it's going cool. to be a lot of fun. So. Well, Thanks. that is all for us tonight. Uh, those of you out there, thank you very much, as usual, for watching and listening. We'll see you all the next time. See ya.